Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet. A mattress that is designed to fit everybody and everybody. Snooze Mattress is introducing the world's first four-in-one mattress where you can choose from soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with our reversible and washable temperature regulated cover. What you want today might not be what your body needs tomorrow. You buy one mattress to last eight years, but a lot can change in that amount of time as you get fitter, heavier, and older. Customize your comfort, zip it, flip it, and choose your snooze. Did you know a study at UC Berkeley suggests that couples who struggle to sleep well fight more often? We spend half of our lives asleep, and for some of us, we spend 100% of that time sleeping alongside our significant other. The snooze flip split king would allow couples to customize their sleep for more restful nights and without sleeping in different rooms. Don't sacrifice your sleep for your partner. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR to sign up for a new account and get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, AJ, and Megan coming at you. Going to be talking a little bit of prospect hockey today, so it should be a fun one. Always excited to talk prospects. Uh, yeah, Shane Bowers unfortunately injured, so the uh, the thumbnail well, thankfully won't stayed for most of the prospects it's actually the prospect pool is actually quite exciting right now so it should be a a bit of a fun one megan or aj rudo when you do the prospect uh when you do the prospect portfolio what do you find most interesting about it the whole thing yeah that the avs have nailed their defensive picks for the last four years you think so i think so interesting like I'm, I'm trying to think of the last bad defenseman they picked. Josh and Anderson. It, it's Anderson, yeah. I knew. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but you look at it and like, okay, they picked McCarr and Byron fourth overall. Whoop de do they? They hit those great. But Justin Barron looks good, twenty seventh. <clears throat> you have Drew Hellison as a second rounder. You have Sean Barron's. We're going to talk about. Um, and and even a guy like Zaravlyov late in the late mm-hmm. in the sixth is, you know, looks like a pretty I, solid guy. So. I mean, Mike Horman got an ELC, and and Nikki Lieberman is at least a producing hockey points. player in the NCAA. Like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Lieberman ever gets an ELC, but it's it's definitely interesting uh, just to see that it looks like they've outside of the Anderson pick uh, that the Abs look comfortable taking defensemen right now. Yep. They it looks like they have honed in on certain traits that they like and they're identifying them well. Connor Timmons too, I didn't even mention, but Yeah, right. I've already forgot about Connor Timmons. He's gone hurt again, out of sight, out of mind, right? Yeah. I, I can't even talk about it, man. It just <laughs> bothers me so much. It bothers me on like a spiritual level. All right. Well, instead of talking about Connor Timmons, Megan, you went to DU over the weekend to watch a couple of their games. They won both their games against Western Michigan, correct? That's right. They swept Western Michigan. Nice. So 
good news there. I, they're not ranked anymore because they lost a couple to Nodak, I believe. But that's rough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them back ranked again. Their offensive side of the puck is uh, it's strong to say the least. So yeah, yeah. it's a high scoring game. Yeah, yeah, they they put pucks in the net. That's for sure. Uh, We'll see about the defensive side, but we'll also see about uh, the Avs prospect down there in Sean Barron's. I know you had the chance to talk to him. First of all, everyone in the chat, if you haven't read her article yet, which you probably haven't, go check it out on the DNVR because it just posted earlier this morning. Uh, it posted like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so you definitely haven't read it, Jen. All right. Get I know on you it. haven't read it. <laughs> I know. You're slacking right now. You can pull it up while you're listening to the show even, but... Megan, just tell us uh, what it was like to to talk to Barons and and watch the DU games. Well, I found it really helpful to watch the games first. I did the interview the following Tuesday before practice, but I at least was able to see the series against Western Michigan beforehand. And it was really helpful because I got to see what kind of player he is ahead of asking him some questions. And that helped me to shape what kinds of questions I asked him just because it was kind of the perfect series to learn more about his game because it was really undisciplined. And I talk about that in the article. Um, DU was the more disciplined team. And so I got to see Barron's on the power play a whole heck of a lot. And that definitely is where he seems to shine the brightest. Um, something that also have, he's utilized on both the power play and the penalty kill. And I don't really go into the penalty kill um, in the article is much, but I did talk to Coach Carl and Sean Barons about that a little bit more. Something for me personally is sometimes I look at something and I decide I can't draw a meaningful conclusion just based on what I've seen. And for Denver's um, penalty kill, that was something I felt I needed to see a little bit more of, especially to see how Sean might be utilized on it, because that was something he was optioned for more in game two than he was in game one. And um, this could be an area of his game that he grows stronger in. But um, focusing on the power play, he's had 10 points in 10 games, seven of which come on the power play. He definitely has an offensive prowess. Um, unlike any other defenseman on the team right now, I don't see anybody reading the play as quickly as he is right now. Yeah, uh it is interesting to see one a freshman getting that much opportunity on special teams. I think on on a, in a at a program like DU especially, yeah. like if they if, if a top prospect like when McCarr went to like UMass and there wasn't anybody else an abundance anything, of talent yeah. just sitting there already. Um, so it's inter- it's interesting that Barons is already getting utilization on both special teams unit as a freshman. And and two, as you mentioned, the highest scoring defenseman on the team does seem to be settling into a, a type. I don't know if you want to make a player comparison. Obviously, we, we generally make comparisons based on style more than anything because we're bad at projecting hockey players. But <laughs> but 10 assists, all of his points have been assists so far this season. No goals. Has, did, has that come up at all? So I did ask him about areas he wanted to improve on in his game. And one of the first things he mentioned was his shot. And I think that was his way of addressing that he'd like to find the back of the net himself rather than just being a playmaker. 
Something I noted in his game too that I think might explain this is he plays very unselfishly. And I think he takes stock of the play unfolding around him and sees a better scoring opportunity in passing it to a teammate than taking the shot himself. And I think he's reading the play correctly there too. I, I think that that person generally does have a better shooting lane available to them when he's sending it to them on the power play. These are people like Carter Savoy and Bobby Brink. And so they know what to do with the puck just a little bit better. But if his shot is something he'd like to work on, I think that it's just in due time that he's going to find the back of the net himself. Yeah, I mean, using his teammates for sure. Savoy has 10 goals on the season, so. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of a connection there, uh, to say the least. So, great to see that he, he's fitting in well. Um, how does he describe his own game when you talk to him? He describes himself as... A small puck moving defenseman, definitely with an emphasis on his offensive capabilities and something that comes up in both how Carl describes him and how he describes himself is using his brain and using his feet to move the puck um, or yeah, to read the play. Um, and I definitely think his hockey IQ is what shines as well because Something that comes up generally when talking about Barons or seeing what kind of prospect portfolios have been built about him leading up until now is his speed. And there's concern about for a player his size, um, is he as explosive in his skating as he should be or could be? And I think he describes his brain well because it's his brain and the way that he's able to read the play as quickly as he can that actually grants him speed. He's able to position himself sooner because he's reading the play ahead of everyone else around him. Okay. So he's smart. He's very smart. Yeah. I actually, I, I drew this uh, comparison in my head earlier because he would remind you of, if we're comparing him to a student who is in a gifted and talented program growing up because they just have a natural instinct and intellect they're the type of student who doesn't have to study very much ahead of a test because they have the material locked in so well. But when they begin to take things to the next level, what needs to happen is they begin to develop flashcards and complete study guides. And that's how they end up taking tests um, in the end. And I think he acknowledges that like that student that was originally in the gifted and talented program, his hockey IQ will only take him so far there are some elements of his game that he needs to fine tune um, as well in order to take things to the next level, like a student that naturally succeeded in school now needs to begin making flashcards. Interesting. Um, I do like that comparison, especially for a kid who, who took the Team USA to college route. Um, did he talk about the benefits of going to DU or why DU at all? He did a little bit and it wasn't, um, the frame of reference wasn't like, I chose DU over this path for this reason. It just, it was, it sounded pretty solidly like DU was always the choice. He even finished with this was 100% the right decision. Um, a lot of because of the tradition of DU being a hockey school um, and the defensive system that's in place at DU aligns with his game specifically. Um, it sounded like he was keen to come to Colorado generally too. Like this is a state he wanted to be in. I know in the, uh, in the article that you draw a comparison to Will Butcher, 
which I think is pretty apt um, because size-wise, they're pretty similar. Um, USNTDP guys, uh, all of these, a lot of a lot of parallels here. Uh, really high hockey IQ guys, offensive defensemen. Um, I would say that just from the prospect scouting that we did before the draft. Uh, the big thing that that would have separated Barons from Butcher was that Barons is already a much more competitive defender in his own zone. How did that translate? How did how did you view him in the two games against Western Michigan last weekend in his own zone? In his own zone, um, it's hard when he's so he does so well in the O zone, like to then look. But he plays a very solid game defensively too, and I think that is shown in Carl's decision to make him one of the top pairings in night two, where he wasn't in night one. There were some high risk situations in night one, um, and so there's a top pairing that sort of I pair or I draw comparisons between the two um, right now because it's a, a sophomore and a junior, and they're a little bit larger in size on DU and they play a more defensive defense game, and they were utilized more in night one, but Barron still had a very solid defensive game that into night two, that's when he was utilized on the penalty kill. And I think that is Carl um, showing faith in his defensive game in his own zone um, by allowing him the opportunity to be on the penalty kill into night two. Did, uh, did Carl talk at all about that aspect of Baron's game developing. Which part? The special the, team, uh, the just his defensive game in general. Oh yeah, um, he talks about um, playing with his brain, uh, being hard to play against, and D zone box outs. And that's something that Baron's also acknowledges himself. Um, in addition to his shot, that is something that he wants to work on. I think of like yeah. a shooter, um, just snuffing out shooting lanes and in his own zone and corralling guys to the wide side. Um, I think that's something that he was doing very well too. He was minding the gap very well and closing in on that space between him and the other skater. And the other thing I really liked about his game is when it came to tending to the net front, um, he's one of the best suited players to be in that spot because of his size and his low stance. He's never going to screen his own goaltender, but he's also a smart hockey player. And so he's blocking shots because he's anticipating them very well. All right. So the big question is, when will he be ready for pro hockey? It, it, especially in the Avs fan base, who has a history of, oh, look at Tyson Jost, who a lot of people think came out of college too early, versus Kale McCarr, who went back for the second year. Is Sean Barron someone the Avs should consider giving a contract to after his freshman year, or is this more of a two-year path? I think more a two-year path. And my personal belief would be even something like three, um, something that follows closely along Will Butcher's path. Um, there are so many parallels between them for good reason. I think some of it comes down to size. Um, this isn't a concern for me, but it's also something I wouldn't want Barons to rush because it will be important for him to continue growing physically stronger and becoming a faster skater. And there's no need to rush him out of college because they're generally built a little bit smaller in college hockey anyways. There's no need to rush him out of there sooner. Um, and I think he's on the right path developmentally anyways. There's no need to rush the process. Yeah, 
especially with college players. We talk about this a lot. Monday through Thursday, every week, they can be in the gym. They can be doing the things they need to do to put on put on weight. So for a guy like Barron's, who is a little bit on the smaller side, definitely time in college isn't like a grueling travel schedule like major juniors up in Canada or something like that. So definitely a good opportunity for him there. Um, AJ, what else you got? Anything? I think uh, I think I'm good on Barron's. I'm you know he was a guy that we loved on draft day. We loved that he was coming to DU so we could just go see him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm glad that you got out there for the weekend. You got to talk with them, and we will definitely uh, we'll catch up with him again later on in the year. Yes, um, he should. is a he is a dude that is in contention. For the United States WJC team, uh, he did not have a good chance to make it. Yeah, he didn't have a very good uh, uh, summer show summer showcase. But yeah, once upon a time, neither did Connor Timmons. <laughs> uh, so you know, if you have a great year, uh, if you have a great year, that's that's great. So, um, I I I would not be great with the Adam Fox. I mean, if he turns into Adam Fox, great. But Adam Fox got traded like four times before he got to the pros. Yeah, that one was so, an adventure. No, let's. Hold, hold, I want to see Sean Barron's grow up from 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 Pio to Av, uh, and and actually graduate properly. So, um, Megan, thanks a lot for uh, for heading out to DU over the yes, weekend. And it was a blast. Thank you. Really looking forward to you getting uh, getting involved in the Eagles and being on the show more. Yes, I'm very excited too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Give her a follow at Right by Wa on Twitter. Go check out her piece live right now on the DNVR.com. Uh, yeah, thank you again, Megan. We appreciate it a ton. Uh, in the meantime, we are brought to you all by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can go get it down at the DNVR bar, eight different kinds on tap, or head on over to any of your local liquor stores. Doesn't even really matter which one. They're even in like, I have a tiny little one at my apartment complex that has their their Christmas ale kegs. So they out here, let me tell you. Got to buy one eventually. I, I haven't gotten around to buying a keg <clears throat> yet because a keg is a lot. <laughs> but I tell you, it's, it's easy to find Breck Brew stuff. But if you're trying to look for something specific, use that Breck Brew locator. Exactly. It is super, super, super useful because when I was trying to find all the different things to bring to Canada last summer, uh, I couldn't get all of the, all of the Breck Brew stuff that I wanted in one place, so I had to go to a couple different places, and um, the Breck Brew locator was. Oh, you want this type of beer? It's right here. Yeah. <laughs> so and uh, like, luckily, like I live I live in suburbia. Like beers everywhere, right? So yeah. it was really easy. It was just like, I've got to go down the street to this one, and then I've got to go down the street to this one, and then I've got to try this one. Especially Colorado. Colorado's yeah. got some liquor yeah. stores, man. <laughs> yeah. They don't play. <laughs> every, just place is just called liquor. So get your Breck Brew. Check out DraftKings. Once you've got a little liquor in your system, loosen yourself up, make some good bets. Hopefully you bet as well as we did the other night, because we kind of crushed it on the Avs game. I think everyone hit at least one bet. Blaze and Jesse, I think, hit almost all of their bets. So 
rolling in the money a little bit on that one. If you sign up for an account with code DNVR right now with DraftKings Sportsbook, all you have to do is bet $1 on any NFL game. And as long as uh, either team scores a point, you get 100 bucks in free bets. So jump on that one. One point is all you need, which is, I guess, as long as you... Uh, who got shut out last week? I forget. One team got shut out. Don't bet on them. Bet on everyone. Oh, it was, it was Seattle, right? Yeah, Russell Wilson got shut out for the first time in his career. Uh, don't bet on Seattle. Everyone else will score a point. It'll be just fine. So do that on DraftKings. Get 100 bucks. You can bet on whatever you want once you got the 100 bucks in free bets, whether it be darts or, you know, actual sports. No offense, darts players. Uh, but you can bet on it. So jump on it. Head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook, download their Sportsbook app now, use the code DNBR to get that $1 for $100 option when you sign up. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. When you make another a little bit of money, now is a great time to sign up for an annual DNBR membership to get all of our hockey coverage. Not only do you have Megan's piece that came out this morning, you also have our guy Jesse Montano out in Seattle right now. Just tweeted out about Byron being in a no contact for Avs practice, so he is at least skating. Got that going for you. And, of course, he will be live at the game and all of that other stuff as well. So go give Jesse a follow if you haven't. Get all of your DNVR coverage. Get a free shirt thrown in when you get the annual membership, as well as all the other dope stuff that we give you, like access to the DNVR lounge. So it's always a great time to sign up for a DNVR membership. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, continuing to talk prospects. Where do you want to go next, AJ? Who do you want to jump into? First off, I just want to answer Greg's question. We have not heard from Evan yet today, so no update there. Yep. Um keep the I good assume, vibes going but. yeah i assume <clears throat> i assume everything is is all good yep they've got a busy day so um twitter updates that, probably low on the list of things i don't i don't know that updating yeah. us is going to be really high on that priority list right yeah. away but if we do get any kind of good news obviously we'll pass it along um, for sure and i would say in this case no news is good news so um yeah anyway um, moving, moving forward, um, we could stay in college hockey cause there's still a couple of guys there. Yeah. There's a, most of their prospect pool is in college hockey these days, as it turns out. Um, but if we're sticking with defensemen, <clears throat> you got Drew Hellison at BC. Yeah. Who looks like he's done baking. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's getting power play time now at BC where, like BC has definitely taken uh, a step down talent wise overall. Definitely, I'm just impossible not to. Yeah, they had the, literal <laughs> like star players everywhere in their right. lineup. Like their lineup was dotted with either high end college players who were in the latter part of their careers, or and first round picks, picks who were going to yeah. be yeah who were going to be one or two year guys. Yep. So <clears throat> it was only it was only natural for B, BC to take a bit of a step back. Um, I would say Hallison. I mean, you you're you're happy seeing the production. 
Yep. Like you're not getting too excited about it because if production for him is coming on the power play, you know that's not translating. He's, he's not playing on, play a, on one. He's not going to play on a power play in pro hockey. Like this is this is remember when Duncan Siemens was next to Stephen Elliott in junior hockey and he had like a 50 point season in his draft year and everybody was like, oh my god, and yeah. like. I mean, it's less about the the production that you're going to see in the box score and more about the fact that he does have the ability to consistently be an effective player in the offensive zone, right? Yeah, and we're seeing, like, we're seeing a guy that has developed the all-around skill set that you want. You know, when you get, we talk about this all the time, the archetypes of guys when they get into the league, you're kind of one or the other, and there aren't very many, like, all-around guys and if there are they're usually superstar caliber to caliber of players you don't usually get very many um like look at ryan murray as an example yep you know kind of kind of all around he has some puck skill um he has some offensive instincts he has some ability he's he's decent defensively and he gets pushed out of the lineup because jack johnson does one thing really really well exactly like is is in this situation considered more reliable in the role being asked of him currently. And so that's where, you know, that's where he's, it, that, that that's where like that all around might hurt him a little bit. And sure. Drew Hellison, Drew Hellison, I don't think we have to worry about that. He's developing the puck skills and he's developing the offensive instincts and all of that, that he needed in order to even get into the league. Yeah. Because it's really, really, really hard to 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 break into the NHL with no offensive profile whatsoever. The defensive side of the puck is still going to be his bread and butter. Yep, it's just you have to have a certain floor to your abilities to to really push for NHL time. And after talking about Sean Barron's, Drew Hellison is is the opposite when it comes to body type. Right, listed at six three one ninety. Yes, and. not a fun guy to go into the corner against. We'll put it that way. So in my opinion, I I don't even need to see Hellison play anymore this year. The, the ELC is signed, sealed, delivered, just waiting for him to finish his amateur career, basically. Absolutely, man. Um, for me, there's no question about it. This doesn't need to be if he goes if it, if it goes a senior year, you're worried that He's going to walk because other teams will absolutely well, you're, be interested. The yeah. concern is that he sees the, the the roster math in front of him and says, I don't, I don't see a path for me here. Yep. Now I think that's nonsense because with Ryan Murray, Jack Johnson and Eric Johnson all expiring in the next two years, um, there's definitely a path. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, there's definitely, there's especially for his archetype, like Sean Barron's is a guy that has to worry about, they Where does he McCarr fit in the organization? Gerard locked up forever. And yeah, like, well, McCarr eh. and Gerard and Byram not going anywhere. Yeah, uh, and then and then a guy like Drew Hellison. Okay, well, there's that guy. You know, how long does Devon Taves stay in Colorado and and remain effective? Because right now, right now, I'm of the opinion Devon Taves is their best defenseman on any so, given night. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're you're talking. What's the future for some of these guys? You know, a guy like Nick Lieberman should walk. He should go. Now, I mean, a guy like Nick Lieberman should take any offer. To I, that, I that was going to be my point. If, the, <laughs> if, if anybody gives him an ELC offer, he should say yes. Yeah. But if if there's an, any kind of an indication that other teams would have ELC interest in him, he should take it. Okay. Like he should he should go. Yep. Um, 
at the same time, the Avs have shown themselves able to develop offensive defensemen specifically. Yeah. So maybe you shouldn't be in such a hurry to bail. But anyway, um, with a guy like with a guy like Hellison, yeah, the, there should not be any avalanche related reason he goes back for a senior year. If he goes back for a senior year, it's because he said no to an ELC and he wants to get to free agency. Now, I haven't, I have no indication whatsoever that that's the case. Sure. So I don't want people to take this conversation, start setting that boat on fire (laughs) and start turning it into, oh God, he wants to leave. But I will say, if he doesn't sign at the end of the year, it it won't be from the Avalanche side of things, it'll be from the Hellison side of things. So, um, yeah, that's Allison. Not even not not even their only BC prospect anymore. Yeah, you got your guy over there too, my man, Ambrosio. Uh, he's had a solid start to the year. It's not anything otherworldly, but eight points in twelve games, uh, four of them being goals. It's been solid. I think yeah. is a good way to put it. It's it's certainly been uh, a a uptick from last year and and it's about a second year for some guy like this it's always about the consistency so it's hard to read into a ton through 12 games in the year you want to see him keep up the production through the entire season um last year was a little deceiving because they had so many guys at bc were off to wjc camps because you remember last year wjc camps lasted a month because of covid protocols so BC was without all those guys. And so Ambrosio got to play way up in the lineup. And then, you know, he was producing at a crazy rate that we were like, okay, this is going to stop. And then all those guys came back and he ended up back into more of a depth role and the points dried up. What's Shocking. different. Yeah, exactly. What's different this year is that he's, he's had a more consistent role and he has, con- he has produced more consistently. So you'd obviously love to see the uptick in production, but seeing him, seeing him more consistently producing points is very encouraging. It's yeah. a he has he has put himself into a serious conversation for an ELC, not this year, but next. Yep, agreed. He's definitely an after junior year type of right, guy. Right now, he is on the same basic trajectory that Sampo Ranto was. He's just smack on six inches smaller. Very different players, yeah. But trajectories. Boy, if you could put if you could put Colby Ambrosio's nastiness into Sampo Ranta's body, uh, and that just still be in the NHL. His natural aggression, (laughs) man. Because that dude, he's a pest. He doesn't take shit from anybody, man. He is. He's a little on the small side, but like Sean Barons, Sean Barons and Colby Ambrosio in the same boat of. They are small on paper, but when they but they play up in size when they actually get into a game. They are way feistier. They don't act like guys who are five nine, five ten. One thing I love about him, listed at five nine, he scores a lot of goals in and around the net for a dude that weighs one sixty five. Yeah. Like he's that was not his thing afraid. in Tri City, man. He was yeah. all of his goals were right in the crease area. Not at all afraid to get to that area of the, the ice and, and do what he has to do to score a goal. So you, I love that side of it. I do think he has a pretty <clears> decent <throat> shot and he can skate very, very well, obviously. But goal scoring has been his kind of his offensive trait yeah. everywhere he's been, and it's continued at BC. So that's a really positive 
he's off to he's off to a really positive development track so far. Yep. It's 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 been rock solid for him. It's no it's, the size is always going to be something that people look at and say if this dude's not producing he's not worth putting out on the ice. So Ambrosio is going to be an interesting one because I think he's got a shot to be a depth player in the NHL. I think he's got a that feistiness you mentioned. The way that he plays and kind of his attitude. um, I think he has a chance to be very John Mitchell-esque. I think he's a really good comparison. Yeah, he's a he's a really skilled grinder type uh, that works really hard and is best as center. So, um, you play him at center. That maybe yeah. you give him some PP two time. Yeah, his defensive side of the puck is going to rely on him playing like a Matt Calvert, where he just goes insane and skates as hard as he can at people his entire shift. Yeah, stuff like that. Yep. So I would say uh, Ambrosio. I would say look for him if you're really if you're really trying to find an NHL job for him. John Mitchell is is where I would probably go. Yep. It's. Hopefully you see the production continue this year. And then where you really want to see him take the step is you want him to be a point per game player type next year. Yep. So that's what I'm looking at for him. I still really like him, but you know, with prospects, it's always mm-hmm. hype until it's not. Well, right? and he's, he's developed and produced in such a way that you're not finding a reason yet to really be like, right. shit. you're not down on him yet. Yeah. <laughs> Like continues. Like like when Ryder Ralston got drafted, and I was I was hyped about it because I was like, oh dude, this is a depth guy. Like he's just, you know he's lacking some skill, but he's a he's an awesome skater who who can go and hit guys. And then he puts up like four assists in his freshman year. Then he year, was lacking like, a lot of skill. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, this is this is a problem. Uh, I don't think Winger Lee's gonna get. Yeah, I don't. Personally. The the waiver claim of Knack, I think, kind of speaks to where their AHL depth is at, right? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been – we really just hasn't done much for yep. the Eagles. Um, so it's been – it's hard to get – it's hard to get too excited. He's clearly behind the guys who are, you know, Megna and Sherwood, uh, Newhook, Sakura and Maltz Ranta, down there probably and ahead of him. Yeah. Sakura and Maltz are still there. When Martin Cow gets healthy, that guy's ahead of him. Yep. If Shade Bowers ever get, were to get healthy, that guy would be ahead of him. So, uh, I think w- with Wingerly, um, it's tough sledding. Yep, he's got four points in thirteen games, so it's not like he's earning a spot when you look at Sakura's got what 14 points in 11 games and Maltsev's got 11 and 10 or something like that. It's yeah, like those guys are leading the pack for yeah. the Eagles. So yeah, I know Ryder Ralston looks great this year. Um, yeah. He's, he's looked much better. every time. Every time I've watched Nick Lieberman, I'm like, come on. Like, <laughs> Can't win them all. Yeah. Well, I mean, Carl Soderbergh. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to get mad. I don't want to get mad. All right. Well, instead of getting mad, get meat. I was going to say, get glad. I'm going to have you out here kick you. <laughs> Head on over to HassleCattleCompany.com and get 15% off right now with code DNVR15 during the holidays when you want to get your Wagyu beef burgers, your tomahawk steaks, your bone-in ribeyes, you name it. You can get whatever delicious delicious steaks and other meats that you want from hassle cattle company 
jump on that. It's 10% off during the not holidays. So now's a great time to buy with that 15% off. And if you order over $200, you get free shipping. So jump on hassle right now. Then check out Green Mountain Dental Group. Make sure you're cleaning your teeth well. Sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam with them. You get a free Sonicare toothbrush so you can take care of your teeth at home, just like they take care of them for you at their dentists. Super easy, super fast, and they're great at what they do. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group and get your teeth nice and shiny white. Of course, you know, you can also get Chevalier Mortgage set up for yourself. Maybe you're looking to buy a home like me, and it's absolutely insane. So you need a little bit of help there. And the biggest help is the fact that Mike is a certified financial planner. So instead of just finding you a great rate for a home loan that may or may not make sense for you, they will find the exact right home loan for what you are looking for and make sure it works with your entire financial picture, not just the house. You can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com where you have a chance to not only get a free consultation from them, but win some free DNVR merch. Or you can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Even if you already own your home with prices where they are at right now, it's creating natural equity. So if you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make this bubble work for you. Again, visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ, should we go to the one prospect? Well, there's more than one, but the one prospect in North America that uh, is not in NCAA hockey? Sure. Have you bought into the Oscar Olison hype yet? Um, not really. Sure. Um, mostly because I said on this podcast that i fully expected him to go and destroy that league yeah. score 30 or 40 goals in the ohl yeah. uh because he's he's playing against junior goaltending man yeah. and like we saw him in the preseason yeah beat nhl like, goaltender yeah like like <laughs> like blowing some pucks by yeah we're gonna get to steinberg don't yeah we're getting there yeah. don't worry um but with with Olison, man, it it this is kind of just a uh, as expected. This is just given what his strength was. Um, he's he's exactly as I had as I had hoped at this point. Yep. Um, not a good or a bad thing. I'm perfectly. It's all good. Um, Guy has fifty four shots on goal in fourteen games. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if he can continue to score goals at just a a, a little bit below uh, a, a goal per game, great. Yep. Knock over my mic. <laughs> That's how hyped you are. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm good on on Olson. I'm encouraged by it. Uh. But I. I would say I have not bought into like being all that meaningful beyond yeah just because like that that we know that his shot would play in the nhl now yeah it's a great shot (laughs) so there's a there's a whole lot of other aspects of hockey that need to get developed up uh a little bit and we'll we'll see how it goes i'm i really want to see him at wjc's yeah that's for me that's he's gonna be he's gonna be a top six player for sweden 
he's going to be a, a returning uh, international guy for them. So I'm I'm of the opinion that that is going to be the true litmus test for how I feel about him. I don't think that Olsen would have been better in the AHL this year uh, because he would be playing bottom six minutes next to Jean-Luc Foodie uh, and there's just, I'm not going to do that. Based on the so. preseason he had, there was just no way you could put him in the AHL. If, yeah, I'm totally I, – I, I, after seeing him in the preseason and all that, I felt like the OHL was a great decision by the org. And so far, the returns are great. Yep. Like he's doing exactly he's doing exactly what you want to see from him and, in the OHL right now. The real gains in his game, as you mentioned, are not things that are going to show up in the box score. It's it's him yeah. learning to play it without the puck a little bit more, learning to use his physicality, <clears throat> especially along the boards, more things like that. But um, all right. The people want Steinberg. We can talk about Steinberg next. Uh, obviously, you know, people are all over the place with questions. We've got Taylor McCarr jokes. Uh, who's not Taylor? Uh, yeah, two games played so far. Yeah, healthy scratch. Is not, is not in the lineup. Uh, Justin Barron has been injured. Uh, yeah, has been injured and has not. He's only played about half the Eagles games, so there isn't. Uh, there's not a ton to talk to, about. Yeah, there. there's not tons to, to get into there yet so <clears throat> and anyone who's We're, played well not named Maltsev or Sakura for the Eagles has played for the Evs so yeah I mean like Jean-Luc Foudy has is, is been he's been solid in his role yeah, but he's been interesting he's been interesting I really do wonder uh, I know that he was part of the Eichel talks yeah, um, because Buffalo really liked him, and the Avs were like, eh. "We also really like him." Yeah, like <laughs> we're also a pretty big fans. So, um, but he's he's like I, I don't know. I really like Sean McFoody, so can't wait for him to be a defenseman someday. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> no, I we'll we'll see with Foodie. He's he's off to a good start this year. Uh, he's off to a solid start, and uh, it's not hard to see him ascend to a two C job with the Eagles next year with Olison on his right wing. Yep, like that feels predictable. Yeah, I I think that one is hopefully a slam dunk, <laughs> but. Talking yeah. about Steinberg, I've finally found himself a little bit of offense in the NCAA. And and Steinberg's path is really weird, right? Because he did not play in the NCAA last year. Cornell canceled their season. Yeah. And um, he tried to go and play in the BCHL and broke his leg. Immediately broke his leg. So he basically didn't play hockey last year, um, which, you know, take whatever you want from that. But it also means that he's still only a sophomore, according to hockey eligibility he can he has this year and then two more years of college hockey if he wants yeah um so that's an option for him and uh, look i the level of competition that you play in what is essentially an ivy league school is what it is but the dude has nine points in six games now this year which is a huge, huge step up for him in production. So, uh, yeah, he had ten points his freshman year. Yeah, 
So in 27 games comparatively. So he's basically already at that mark six games in. Yep. Um, really, if you're talking about a comparable for him, I see him as a Zach Gassian type. Yeah. Uh, where he's, he's not going to be super skilled, but he'll be skilled enough, uh, to find his way in a bottom six, but he'll, he's all sandpaper and agitation and a hearty F you to anybody that gets near him. Like he just doesn't for whatever. I mean, he's a very nice young man. I've talked to him a couple of times. But when he plays hockey, he just lives to hit people. Nine points, ten penalty minutes on the <laughs> for the record. So. Yeah. So uh, very, he's he's not a guy that we were excited about when they selected him. Um, you want to see the skill continue to develop. You want to see the production continue. But uh, he's kind of singular in Colorado's system in the same way that Drew Hellison is. Where he's really the only kind of archetype uh, of that of that archetype in Colorado's system, um, where he's just the power forward. Uh, he's not going to be very high end, but uh, he brings a nastiness, a physical element. So he's got a long. He's, it's really encouraging to see Matt Steinberg off to the start that he's had, but the, that's not a guy that uh, again three three years in college yeah it, it, a start like this is something for a player like that where you go okay great can't just write him off this is a guy where you now need to pay attention to and see if he can earn himself an elc yeah he's he it's he's really a, not a great not a great freshman year and then last year's a total loss season where you're like man do they light another third round pick on fire and this is a lot more encouraging. Uh, yep. it, right now, he's kind of following along with the Tyler Weiss path, where slow growth. Yep. Weiss, by the way, having a very solid year, 13 points in 12 games. Also has already scored four goals for him. He's never Big been much deal. of a goal scorer. That's He's got to put pucks in the net, and he started yeah. doing that a little bit this year. So that's it, He had uh, seven last year, and that's yep. the most he's, he's had in his career. So... That's a big deal for him to to get. And he scored a overtime game winner. Yep. Uh, on a penalty shot. It was so, a penalty shot. Yes. Um. He has really turned into a a big part of their leadership group at at uh, Nebraska Omaha and another guy where maybe. The ads, I, the ads have a lot of contracts and not a lot of guys on their reserve list. So that could benefit a guy like Tyler Weiss a lot where they're which, just like, we'll see. Yeah, let's I, try it. I don't know if it'll be the Avs, but I, I'm pretty comfortable saying some team will throw something at Weiss, I think. Even if he doesn't get an ELC, he should get an AHL deal. Something, yeah, yeah, right. He'll he'll get some sort of an opportunity to play hockey professionally, whatever that may be. Yeah, um, but certainly, I'm I'm hoping that he just continues the upward trajectory, man. Because yep. I love his I love his skating. Yep, and I love kid to watch. He's a really fun playmaker. You know, we've talked about the shot isn't great, kind of like with Foodie, but he's a really slick passer and he's really creative and has great vision. Um, so I'm. Wow. I've never actually seen him listed at his correct weight. 
Shout out College Hockey Inc. Have him listed at 145. <laughs> That's got to be. That can't be accurate today. <laughs> I totally believe that. His freshman year. Yeah, yeah. on day one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he's still 145, then he's got no chance. Yeah. I mean, he's going to show up in the AHL and get squished. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's cool. That's, that's been Ananin's net in Loveland anyway. And yep. they. Ananin's kind of taking that job. So. They rode through the, the rough first month and Ananin has settled in now and has started playing really well for the Eagles. So. Yep. On that front, yeah. Um, I don't know. Are there any other prospects that you really wanted to touch on here? Um, I mean, obviously the Russians. Yeah. Both of them. Both of them, I think, would be in the NHL if they were over here. Yep. Uh, Kovalenko for sure. I don't think there's any doubt would be in the there's, NHL. I, I will say there is more buzz about Kovalenko being willing to come over now than there was a year ago. Yep. He's, um, but this has been back and forth with him constant. Yeah. It, it, it's nothing's ever for sure with the Russians, unfortunately. Yeah. When he was with, uh, when he was with Locomotive, it was a family thing, right? Like, yeah. and he was very, very comfortable there. Yeah. And now that he's out of there, um, and he and Shravalov uh, are on the same team. Yep. Um, that might that might be a thing. Uh, I know that the Abs have had interest in bringing Kovalenko over for the last two years. So, and he did get injured, but before that, he was playing his best hockey in the KHL this year by, by a good margin. So. Well, and he was no coincidence; he was getting a bigger role. Yeah, significantly so. more opportunity. Yeah, before before we declared Devon Taves dead because he's not at practice, I would say keep in mind that there have been a lot of maintenance days. Everybody and their mother. Gerard has been taking maintenance days every day. Yeah, so that's so. going to be a, a... Do I totally believe that he could have gotten hurt in some way? Of course, but um, until we get actual word about him, I'm not worrying about it. Not out until... You, you guys see how out, I make yeah. this mistake over and over and over in life that I just don't worry about things that aren't real until they're real? Is that a mistake, though? I, it's how I have to be because I, I, I used to you, I used to worry about stuff all the time and all it did was stress me out. Look, my wife is the ones that worries about imaginary things. So I got to worry about things when they actually are a problem. I'll say I, I don't want to throw Z under the bus and say Zanesies, but uh, I will say Z is definitely, of the two of us, Z is definitely the one that likes to peer into the future and find the thing that I should be concerned about. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to waste time twisting myself into knots, figuring out worst-case scenarios. I'll deal with it when it comes. Yep, that's how I am. Maybe maybe this is a dude thing, and this is maybe, why we're Neanderthals. Yeah, we're just dumb. why, like, they run the world. Our, we see our things right in front of us, and we deal with that while they yeah. got the, the whole bigger picture to look at. Yeah, they're, they're the ones. We're the checkers. They're the chess players. There yeah. we go, yeah. Perfect. That I could definitely buy. I'll stick to my checkers. I'm happy here. <laughs> yeah. King me. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. I think we're all good. Um, there's really not I'd, a ton to talk about in the AHL. Let me let me let me just kind of throw this at you real quick. Non pro sure. non pro prospects because the things always get kind of muddied when you throw those in there. Yeah. Non pro yeah. prospects, top three F's prospects. Top. Uh, let's say, and when I say top three, I mean guys that you think will have the guys that their NHL potential. You are the biggest believer in today. Um. I have to put a Lawson at one just because I think the ceiling is too high not to. Uh, and then probably Hellison. I think if I had to pick a guy who I'm the most confident in getting NHL games, some point is Hellison right now of the Evs amateurs. Okay. And third, you could go with a number of dudes. Honestly, uh, it's probably Barons for me. Okay. You'd have the Russians in the mix too, but I hate to put them in the mix because you just never know if they're going to come over or not. Yeah. It is hard to... Well, and both of them are yeah. like role players. In they, the right. They're not going to be like major, major points, but those are the three I'd probably go with. As much as I love Ambrosio, uh, he's got a little bit further to go, certainly than uh, than Hellison and and probably to a lesser extent Barons. Olauson's probably the most raw, but again, I think has the highest ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I almost agree with you. <clears throat> Minor difference, but I I would also say Olauson, and then I would say Hellison, and then I would say Ambrosio over Barons. And I the like biggest, that. I like that. The biggest thing for me, the, my biggest concern with Sean Barons is not a concern with Sean Barons. It's a concern of how does he yes. fit into this team? Yeah. yeah. Because like uh, you look at a guy like Barons and and you look at the Avs long term, the one thing that they are flush in is even when you get into a Justin Barron, you know, and Byram and McCarr and Gerard and T- like where where do you need the puck mover? You know, where, where, because if that's where a lot of his value is coming from, uh, and he ends up being a weaker defender, you know, because he, he talks, he compared it, he said, hey, his role model is Tory Krug. Yep. If obviously, if they get Tory Krug out of that guy, awesome. What? Look, I'll tell you what you always say, AJ. Right now, the way the Avs defense is going, availability is a skill. All right. Yeah, true. Maybe Barons can find his way into the lineup just because he's healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's fair enough. I but uh, with Ambrosio, I just think that the the center spot in the organization has become so much more valuable. Yeah, it's it's become iffy long term, and then Ambrosio just keeps growing into it a little bit. Well. As long as they don't get him to the AHL and then immediately move him to wing, which has been a trend for guys lately. But yeah, and it could be. I mean, and you know, maybe. But uh, and then I guess last question: How are you feeling? How, how are you feeling about Anna in these days? A lot better after the last week <laughs> and a half. <laughs> and like you knew, you knew it was going to take some time. It yeah. is really nice to see him settle into it, though. Yeah, that, because that, that those first couple of weeks, you're it was like, like, oh boy, <laughs> this is not great. But like, yeah, we waited two years for this. Like, oh, come on, man. But yeah, he he stepped it up quite a bit. Has won three of his last four, I believe. With he in three of those games, he gave up two or less goals. So 
it feels like it's starting to come for him. Now he's just got to find some consistency. Um, yeah, the rest of the AHL, you've kind of already seen most of what it has to offer beyond Bowers and Barron, who are hurt, and then Foodie, who's on a little bit of a longer timeline. So, yeah. yep, it's kind of just where it is. Uh, yeah, there's a couple other guys that we didn't really talk about. There's not a ton to say about them, but if you're really interested in it, go look at my prospect portfolio on the VNVR.com. Yep. Uh, if you want to see some highlights of those guys, I always throw a couple highlights into that article as well. So you can you can go get hyped on some of the sick plays that they make. Uh, but yeah, we're out of here for the day. Thank you, everyone watching, listening, however you consume the pod. We appreciate you all a ton. If you're watching here live on YouTube, we appreciate you being in the live chat. Be sure to like and subscribe to the video. That helps us out a bunch. But we are done for the day. We will be back tomorrow, both pre and post game, live from the bar. Also doing a watch along, so live during the game, too. So be sure to tune into that. Uh, stay tuned. Going to be doing some some interesting stuff with the watch along. So. Uh, keep your eyes peeled if you're if you're a member of DNVR. We're gonna we're gonna send some stuff your way. Yep. But till then, we'll talk to you all later.